0: Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Here's your host, Dean Millard.
1: Thank you very much for being a part of the Cannabis 101 podcast. This is episode nine, July 23rd on a beautiful day in St. Albert, Alberta, where I am located, getting set to head to God's country today, driving back to Manitoba, visit some family and friends. Really excited about that. And um, great for you to join us on this program. Remember, it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy with this wonderful plant that is cannabis, and on today's show, I'm going to talk a little bit about how you can produce your own cannabis at home. Brad Simon, the COO of Stealth Box, is going to drop by the program, and we are going to discuss how you can use their system to simply grow four plants, which is what we're allowed. So, I'm looking forward to bringing you that conversation. What's that strain with Chris Ianson, of course, our educator? He is the manager of the Nova Cannabis Store off White in Edmonton. And today, we are taking a look at Helios from Hexocorp. They have a pretty good uh, backstory. Of course, they just purchased Up Cannabis, which has an affiliation with the Tragically Hip. And uh, we have been in discussions with somebody from uh, Hexocorp to appear on the Cannabis 101 podcast. We're just looking at trying to set that up. This week in Cannabis News with David Wiley from OkanaganZ.com slash OZ. We will discuss a new shop for the Okanagan. So they're starting to pop up. Uh, hopefully it'll be a little bit more like a whack-a-mole and uh, they don't get whacked because uh, I, I never was very good at uh, whack-a-mole but hopefully they start popping up like gophers in that situation. Legalization very popular in the United States. Cannabis friendly tourism expanding to Edmonton and dancing with Mary Jane doesn't make you stupid after all. We will discuss all of those stories more with david wiley from okanaganz.com the uh character cannabis character cup continues as well um this is something that we've been doing for a few weeks now it's a 64 character ncaa basketball style tournament and the winners are determined by your votes at the cannabis 101 on twitter every day we put up a new matchup Uh, this week some of the matchups, uh, were, Nancy Botwin, uh, played, uh, by Mary Louise Parker from weeds, uh, took out Jamal King Redmond from how high Saul silver, uh, obviously James Franco, wonderful performance in pineapple express. And, and of course, uh, will uh, Seth Rogen will make an appearance in the cannabis character cup, um, as a different character, uh, not the same movie, uh, but a different character so that was he uh sell silver by the way james franco dominated prince thaddeus played by danny mcbride in your highness uh brian jim brewer uh goat boy saturday night live awesome one of my favorite characters he took out the guy from high maintenance which is a pretty good hbo show about a guy that delivers uh cannabis across the city uh, pedro de beat jackie burkhart uh that's obviously cheech marin uh, taking on uh, Mila Kunis from That 70s Show. This was closer than I thought it should have been for a number two overall seed. Cheech is the number two seed and only won by a 77 to 23% margin. Close matchup between Donna Pinciotti, uh, obviously from That 70s Show, and Elizabeth Halsey, Cameron Diaz from uh, Bad Teacher, and Donna takes this with 54% of the vote. Laura Prepon is that actor. Today's matchup has Harold Lee with John Cho, uh, leading Kenny Davis, Harlan Williams. Um, uh, this is uh, Her- Harold and Kumar go to White Castle versus Half-Baked. And it's 56-44 the last time I checked for John Cho. Future matchups later this week. Ricky from Trailer Park Boys versus Martin from Knocked Up. Uh, Kumar from Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Takes on Lester Burnham from American Beauty. Ben Stone, there's Seth Rogen from uh, Knocked Up against the guy on the couch from Half-Baked. If you, if you remember that Uh Character And then the dude, a number three seed will take on Ehrlich Backman, uh, a dedicated stoner from Silicon Valley played by TJ Miller. So you can head to cannabis101podcast.ca and click on contests to predict the winner. And you could win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. You can also do that just by following us on Twitter at the Cannabis 101. Uh, we are 212 followers away from 420. Once we hit 420, everybody who follows us will be eligible for a Cannabis 101 prize pack. So uh, check that out on Twitter, at The Cannabis 101. You can get us on Instagram, at The Cannabis 101 Podcast. We're on Facebook as well, at Cannabis 101 Podcast. If you want to be a part of the show, email us at Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com and check out the website cannabis101podcast.ca. So those are the ways that you can get in touch with us and participate in what we do. I try to send everything out online before the show, uh, on Twitter usually, and a little bit on Facebook about uh, what we're discussing, our cannabis question. That's how we start every show, and um, you know different things like that, and you can participate and find out all the fun stuff we do. So our cannabis question today is, what is your favorite edible? We're getting closer and closer to season two where you will be able to purchase edibles, but you can make your own. And a lot of people have their favorites. Uh, one of the comments we had was they got a cookie from uh, Pot Pantry uh, here in Edmonton, I believe. And uh, it was just delicious. So do you like cookies? Do you like brownies? Do you like gummies? Um, I'll be honest, I am not. I don't get a lot from edibles for some reason. I don't know why. Um, I have a, a fairly high tolerance, but um, I don't really get a lot from edibles. And I don't know if uh, if that's going to be the case when uh, legalization happens and I, and I try them, but I don't know how, I don't think they're going to be uh, terribly strong. Uh, I think the the potency is going to be pretty low at the start. What I do get something good from is oil. And I, I guess it's a form of edible because I put it on my toast. I'll make, if I, if I have uh, uh, the, the perfect day for it, I'll take some high THC oil, put it on some uh, peanut butter and uh, cheese or something like that. And uh, just uh, work it in, eat that, consume that. It takes about a half hour to kick in for me, and uh, then I'm just having a great day. But I don't, I haven't re- had a lot of luck with uh, the gummy bears or the the candies or things like that that you people have made at home or ordered. So I hope that changes. I hope uh, I can develop a good tolerance because I'd really like to be able to enjoy uh, the experience of edibles for concerts or you know different things like that where you're obviously not allowed to be able to uh, light up a joint. So drop me a line at the cannabis 101 and tell me what is your favorite edible? I'm really interested because I also want to learn and we are going to have uh, somebody from the, um, cannabis cooking realm, I guess it is of the industry. Uh, we'll, we'll get somebody on this program soon and we'll talk about cooking with cannabis because I think that's something that people should be doing, um, especially if you don't want to light a joint. Well, then edibles is right up your alley, but you need to learn how to do it properly before you do it because you can get yourself in a lot of trouble if you just jump in and start consuming without knowing what is going on. It's a very, very different high. So we'll get somebody on to uh, maybe give you some tips on that as we roll along. Uh, We also like to know what goes well with, and that's anything that pairs well with cannabis. You know we've talked hiking before uh we've talked camping uh somebody uh, t- uh sent me a, a twitter note about gaming and uh, you know i can agree with that i, I like to play a few different games uh, while uh i'm high it's it's gives it a different experience i enjoy it especially some of the graphics and some of the games that are out there but uh, my what goes well with today is road trips as a passenger of course not talking about driving because that is not something that uh, we want to promote but i'm talking about road trips um where you have a somebody else driving i'm lucky um and my wife is uh, she likes to drive so when we go on road trips she wants to drive i i will drive a portion i have a few uh, driving issues unfortunately related to mental health but um i do like uh being on a road trip and like i said i'm heading back to manitoba uh, so Driving across the prairies or in the mountains, and just, uh, you know, f- almost floating as you're driving, depending on what you're consuming. But uh, it's also, I think, uh, I find it stimulates conversation. And, uh, you know, nobody wants to drive in a car uh, for 10 hours and uh, in total silence. So I think it stimulates conversation. Uh, my wife may uh, disagree with that and uh, actually not want the uh, type of conversations that I have, but we'll see. Uh, but I love road trips, especially when you pair it with some great music. I'm a huge uh, uh, Chili Peppers guy. When I go on road trips, Tragically Hip is another one. Radiohead, I love listening to while driving. So I get excited about uh, you know pairing uh, different strains of cannabis with different music on uh, on road trips. So my what goes well with is road trips as a passenger. Of course, you do not want to be driving while consuming cannabis. So tell me. What goes well with cannabis for you? Anything that you think pairs well with cannabis.
0: This is the Cannabis 101 Podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond.
1: Very pleased to welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, the Chief Operating Officer of Stealth Box. Brad Simon is joining us today. Brad, thanks very much for being a part of the program today. Right
2: on. Thanks for having me on the show.
1: Not a problem. Let's talk about Stealth Box for a second. This is uh, really interesting. I, I went by your booth at the uh, Hemp and uh, Cannabis Expo in Edmonton uh, earlier this year, and I was really intrigued by this, especially with uh, since legalization, we are now allowed to grow up to four plants per household. So uh Stealth Box is kind of a, a self-contained turnkey operation for growers, it seems. How and when did Stealth Box come about?
2: Yeah, so um uh great question. So we uh we launched on legalization date, October seventeenth uh, there, twenty eighteen. Um, and we kind of uh, you know, we were kind of targeting that um more the legal customer, the mainstream front door customer um, who would be looking to grow um, kind of personal consumption amounts of, of marijuana. So that's kind of kind of the whole premise behind what we did. Um, our goal was to, you know, get that footprint nice and small, but still be able to produce a decent amount of yield. Um, so that's kind of what we set out to do. And that's kind of, kind of how we've launched and kind of rolled everything out um, from there.
1: So did were you uh, was it uh, you know a group of guys sitting around was it uh, you that uh, decided uh, let's make this really easy and we're going to get into uh, you know how easy it is for the beginner to get into this with this setup uh but d- did you guys think you know what this is uh, going to be something that people are going to want to do on their own rather than relying on going to a retailer or getting it through the mail et cetera, or or the black market
2: for sure exactly so we again with that um kind of more mainstream customer in. Mind, we're kind of looking at, you know, that customer is going to be going into the, the cannabis stores and purchasing um and you know prices would potentially be quite high. Uh as well, you know, it you know we kind of wanted more of a quality product, so and I can get into that a little bit, but, you know, it is all organic um cannabis that's grown in the boxes. So we wanted something you know good quality um some people can be be proud of growing and so what we did is um you know my business partner Travis and I kind of sat and looked at you know a bunch of different things in the industry, and our background's more in manufacturing, so we definitely wanted to do something in cultivation um so we kind of looked at you know what's out there um what we could potentially fit in if we if we produce um you know some sort of box and um and yeah we came up with with Box, you know very small footprint um producing a decent yield and, and kind of worked it out from there. Um, we also had Grow master involved right away. And, um, and he did all of our, our testing for about, you know, a little over two years, um, bunch of different lights, you know, LED technology changes seems like every few months. So, oh. uh, he tests a whole bunch of different stuff and, uh, and the new brand new LEDs, the bright whites from Samsung seem to do, do the job quite well. So that's where we ended up and, um, yeah, kind of how it all, about I guess
1: <laughs> the process of getting something from an idea to store shelves if you will is is an interesting one I had uh Darcy and Simon in from burnt designs recently and uh, you know they make a really good a hexagon bong and, and some other things, but, uh, you know, sometimes the trials don't always work out. Um, you know, was this smooth sailing for you guys or were there, you know, setbacks the odd time where you're like, okay, we got to kind of go back to the drawing board and, and figure this out. What was the whole process of designing this? Like
2: for sure. There is, there is definitely some roadblocks in the process. Um, you know, the, the main thing was, you know, keeping our vision on we wanted a small box that produced a decent amount of weed. And that was the main driving factor behind it so every decision we made we're like okay is this gonna is this gonna work towards that goal so testing all the different lighting was was pretty crucial in that um, once we basically had you know hey this is a good footprint for this light um, we had that kind of pairing uh, it went fairly smooth um, obviously you know when you get a um, product like this certified we're ETL certified it's it there's a bit to go through with that process you know, making sure, you know, there was a ceiling on, on the box and it wasn't just open exposed wiring, little things like that, which, you know, we kind of anticipated, but we definitely had to go back to the drawing board a few times um, to redesign um, a couple components. Um, but overall, the functionality of the box hasn't really changed since we kind of figured out what that ideal footprint was um, with the light and stuff, so...
1: Let's talk about the the stealth box specifically then. Um, and, and it's the, the great thing about this, and you mentioned it a couple of times, is is the size of it. It's not a giant tent that you need an entire second room in your house or condo or whatever to grow this in. Uh, you know, great things come in small packages for you guys.
2: 100%. That's the overall goal. To comment often is, can you, like, <laughs> does that box actually grow weed? And we're like, Actually, it does, and that, that was the whole point, you know. Like, um, you know, some of our competitors have older technology LEDs and stuff, and you know, the boxes naturally have to be taller to, to get the same amount of yield. Whereas, you know, using the, these bright lights from Samsung, we were able to, to get that footprint down. So we're twenty inch by twenty inch by thirty six inch in height, uh, and getting two to four ounces. We actually just had a uh, friend of ours just finished up her grow. It was the first growth she's ever done, and she got 7.8 ounces out of the box. Wow. So that's the first time we've seen something like that, and we're we're actually trying to digest it and figure out exactly how she got that. But, you know, you just follow through, go through the grow manual, and um, it was a really good strain she was using from King, and uh, it it just happened to yield uh, 7.8 ounces. It's pretty awesome.
1: That's incredible. Uh, the, you know, the, you, you, I I don't know if that's going to be uh, the norm for people. I think you guys say uh, kind of two to four uh, per yield, but uh, that is uh, getting those kind of results is incredible. And, and certainly, you guys will uh, be diving deep on that one. I, I guess that's the biggest thing that people say to you when they see it is, uh, how is the this plant going to grow tall like we always see in such a small box?
2: For sure, and that's that's a great question. And- you know, the plants really will grow towards the light. So, if you have the right light paired with the right footprint, you can really keep your crop, you know, nice and low. And, um, and you know, that canopy doesn't necessarily need to be, you know, five, six feet high to, you know, you're going to get more yield out of that for sure if it's in a grow tank. But it doesn't mean you can't get great yield in a small footprint. You just, you know, light stress training. Um, you know, you do a bunch of that kind of work with your plants. You're going to keep the canopy low, and and increase the number of colas. So it's quite dense in the box when it's about to be harvested. And that's kind of um, you know that's kind of how it all works. So all outlined in a grow manual, so even a first-time grower can go through and do do all the steps to uh, necessary to get a good yield out of a, a small footprint like
1: that. Yeah, it really is. Uh, does seem like a uh, turnkey operation because you do provide uh, the manual and uh, all the, the the soil and, and the, everything that you need in, in one package and um you know for some people we are you know legal obviously in canada uh, cannabis is legalized for recreational use but for some people they still have to be a bit discreet about it um for maybe kids or parents or whatever reason this is a very discreet, like you, you could put this in your laundry room and it would not look out of place. It actually wouldn't look out of place anywhere in your house. It's very discreet.
2: Totally. I mean, I got one sitting in the living room of my place right now. And you know, it's a Strata type apartment building and I got no concerns about it. So there's a, there's a 12 inch carbon filter inside the box. So that's going to neutralize the air for you. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of built for, you know, a probably, four by four you know eight foot tall um tent uh, pound a week growing so that filter is is definitely built, and we wanted to do that on on purpose to really neutralize that air so it works quite well um you also have the led lighting which you know these most recent LED round of leds that have come out just is just hardly any heat coming off them at all just got kind of enough that you know the it's good for the plants. It produces just enough humidity, but you're not going to see signs of condensation inside the box. You're not going to have any humidity issues inside your your living space. So the box can just you know you have that exhaust fan on there. You just let it cycle back into the room, and um, you have the box sitting there. It's nice and quiet. Um, it looks like an appliance, and um, yeah, it's even locking too. If you were concerned or have children, um, it can be very discreet. Um, growing with the self-box for sure.
1: Right, because I believe, uh, is it New Brunswick where you were required a a lock in the system? So this is compliant, obviously, across Canada and and beyond, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but I I believe that there's a province out east where you have to actually have it locked.
2: hundred percent, yeah, I believe it is New Brunswick as well. Um, One of them is locking. Is the requirement. Um, we basically, across the board, wanted to make sure that this box was going to be legal in every province. So there were different um, different laws out there. For example, in BC, you can't legally grow from clone. Um, so that's why we've created the box so you can grow seed to harvest. Um, so any province, this can be legally used. Obviously, if people want to grow from clone in BC, go for it. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, you know, we just wanted to make sure. You know, all the boxes where someone can be comfortable buying this product, following the Crow Manual and know that they're well within the Canadian laws to uh, to use this product.
1: No, oh, that would have been uh, a lot of work in and itself, making sure it's uh, uh, regulated all across every province. Somebody asked me about the Stealth Box when I was uh, telling them that I was going to be chatting with you. Uh, they asked me about ventilation and, and smell. And I, I think that comes in where the, the filter that you have to change every two years kind of takes care of that.
2: 100 percent yeah it's all certified australian um uh carbon that's that's in the filter uh so it's the good stuff um it's it's got a two-year life on it 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 may even actually have a bit longer than that given that it is a bit overbuilt for the box but you know technically it's, it's rated for two years is what we uh, let people know um that's going to regulate the, any any odors um you know if you're getting you know near harvest time and you you know you've got your four ounces in there you open that door you're definitely gonna gonna smell the weed for sure um but you know the the good thing about the box is you're not really doing a bunch uh at that stage of the growth you're basically going to open it a little bit of water a little bit of maintenance with um, removing maybe leaves off the bottom of the canopy but really i mean most of the work's done up front while it's in veg state and um, and there's no odors that stage so uh, for the most part, we sealed up. Um, we are harvest time and let the filter and the fans do the work. And uh, you just cycle it right back into the room that it's sitting in and uh, you yeah, got no worries there.
1: We are chatting with Brad Simon, COO of Stealth Box, and you can check them out online at stealth-box.com. And uh, the, the 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 interesting thing, as I've been saying, is that this uh, seems to be kind of turnkey. You guys do have uh, an extensive amount of resources on your website, uh, whether it's a uh, f- uh, frequently asked questions or, or the blog that you have from uh, your grow master department, but uh, give me the, the coles notes. Uh, I order this, it shows up, uh, you know, what, what does the, the person that me who um, has the opposite of a green thumb, how do they successfully do this? Uh, take me through kind of the coles notes version of what you do when you get your stealth box
2: for sure. Yeah. So you're going to get the box. Um, it Basically it, it's already built for you um it already has the light and filter everything installed so you're basically going to unbox it um you know if you're going to have your accessories box which is inside and it includes everything you're going to need from seed to harvest so you got your seedling tray in there um you got your um you know scissors you got um watering cans um spray bottle uh you got your 40 page grow manual which takes you through how to use all those different items step-by-step step to uh, to grow from seed to harvest. Um, apart from that, we also do include GrowMaster support. So our GrowMaster is available um, uh, to, uh, to troubleshoot if you do have any issues. You know, it, it does come up time to time. Maybe there's some overwatering. Maybe you have questions about the nutrient. Um, might add that the nutrient that's included, you know, the soil and nutrient from Gaia Green, they're all organic. Um, the nutrient only has to be added once during the grow cycle which is about the you know two two and a half month phase when you're switching your plants to flower Um, other than that there's no nutrients to add so it is it is very simple you're just watering so um, the grow master to support uh, and uh, and give advice if if stuff does come up but uh, for the most part most people are able to grow um, start to finish just using that grow manual which is Pretty in-depth, lots of photos and, uh, and uh, commentary from our from master in there.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, the good thing is being able to reach out. And, and, and from from your perspective, from Stealth Box perspective, getting that elite grow master had to be a big priority so that, uh, you know, people are getting the correct information out there. Because there is a lot of information about growing. It's not always correct.
2: Oh, for sure. And, and the thing is, um, there's so many different ways um, to grow. And no one's right. No one's wrong. I mean, there's, there's hydroponics, cocoponics. You definitely get strong yields out of those. um, But you kind of have to know what you're doing. You've got to be an expert um, or working towards being an expert to really get those yields out of it. Or if you're that beginner and you're trying to do that, you're likely going to ruin your crop at least once or twice. I think most people would consider themselves an expert grower of at least spoiled their crops once or twice. So, you know, this one's designed around easy, organic, soil based growing and uh, and that was done for a reason um, to make it very easy for the end user. Uh, and uh, that was definitely a target we set for our grow masters. just make it easy and that's that's where we ended up.
1: So what is the um you know regular required action when you are? Uh, growing cannabis in home in a stealth box? Is it, uh, you know, watering every day? Do you Are you checking on them every day or is it every couple of days? Um, you know, th- for, for busy people that are trying to find things into their time uh, or fit fit more things into their schedule, um, you know, is this uh, fairly easy to accomplish with the stealth box?
2: 100%, um, you know, the first few steps where so you're propagating and stuff, um, you know, you're kind of tending them a little bit more, you're, you're spraying them and making sure they're staying damp. Um, once they're planted, yeah, it's kind of more of a once once a day activity throughout the grow, sometimes once every other day. You definitely don't want to overwater them. Um and um we've even come up with a weekender package which mm. we haven't quite launched on our website. Um we just finished testing it, it works quite well and it's it's a very simple solution for, you know, people go away on a weekend. Uh, I'd be a prime example. I, I go away most weekends. Uh and it's you know, you need to find someone to water your plants. Well, with the weekend package, um, they're just these tabs that basically go in the soil, uh, and they keep uh, they keep the soil nice and moist um, through like a weekend, uh, so the plants stay nice and happy. So, we'll launch that on our website very soon, um, and it allows you just step away for a few days. Well,
1: oh, that's uh, exciting because we all want to be able to have a little bit of time away where we don't have to have all that uh, responsibility of uh, you know whether how many plants you have and uh, asking maybe you know maybe some people aren't in a position of asking their parents to come over and water their cannabis plants because not everybody <laughs> is open to it yet so that's a, a really good solution for that uh, we, we you mentioned a little while ago about the uh, i think the seven ounces uh, from uh, you know the super cycle i guess you could call it but uh, yeah, uh, Average cycle and, and y- how much does it yield? How long is the typical cycle? Uh, you know, what can people, because I think the ultimate goal out of this for, for people is just have to stop buying, never have to buy again. So what are we looking at as far as yield and cycles?
2: For sure, you got it. So most of the grows that we're seeing are coming closer to that four ounce um, grow. Uh, there is that one seven one eight, which is quite impressive and <laughs> I, I think is a nice target for everyone to shoot for now. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so around four is gonna be your your standard growth. You're gonna get about, you know, like to say you're smoking a gram a day, um, you know, if you're you're growing with the box, um, and that that's kind of seemed to be a decent target for personal consumption. Obviously, if someone wants more than that, and maybe a grow tent, maybe for them, you know, a little bit more yield uh, out of that. But yeah, gram a day was kind of our target. That we felt would be good for that mainstream customer um so it's about a three month cycle to a three and a half it really depends on the flowering time uh and that's going to change um you know depending depending on you know the genetics and you know which which strain you've gone with and stuff auto flowers you can yeah you can expect around three months um and then but if something has a very long flowering time obviously it's going to take a little longer so Generally the flowering times are listed when you're purchasing seeds and you can, you can pick uh, your, your crop uh, accordingly.
1: The, the one thing I think we should point out is that everything uh, that you need to grow comes in the kit, except the seeds, right? That you have to get the seeds on your own.
2: Correct. Yeah. Due to Canadian law, we right. cannot provide the seeds. Um, we can definitely give you some recommendations of some, some good ones that we've uh, we've grown ourselves or we've uh, seen our customers grow. Uh, there's there's lots of good options out there. The seeds are very easy to get, so unfortunately, at the moment, we cannot provide the seeds, but something we're working on for
1: sure. And provide the information people need to to go get the seeds. So that is obviously important. Um, so you guys uh, kind of launched this on uh, legalization day, but this was in the works for uh, quite a bit uh, earlier than that. Obviously, what was the initial reaction to this idea from people and? Um, have you noticed that maybe has changed as uh, we've you know gone through the first uh, eight, nine months of legalization?
2: Yeah, for sure. interesting. Um, actually, yeah, probably the most noticeable change is um, you know, just discussing with local plants and nurseries that you know are not hydroponic stores that has started to change for sure. Um, no, we definitely would not carry any cultivation equipment to. Well, we got customers in here asking about this stuff, you know, what like <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. it's kind of that, that mentality has changed. And it's, you know, it is due to the general public and how, how their mentality is, has changed on it a little bit. So we're definitely see a lot of change uh, in that for sure. And the stigmas are kind of going away, which is, which is great. It's definitely not happened overnight though. It's been a kind of slow process where that change has happened.
1: Yeah, and that's going to take a little while. Um, you know, there's, there. Unfortunately, there are people that um, just have no will not give any time a day to this uh, cannabis plant, and and maybe never will. And you you might not change their mind, but um, you know there are open minded people out there that as they learn about the cannabis plant and. And especially the healing properties of it, but uh, the enjoyment factor as well um, you know we're, we're so brand new, Brad in this industry as you would know uh, it is literally growing before our eyes. a it's great to be a part of that but I you know there is some frustration from a lot of people that I talk to that it is a slow process and it is going to be a slow process and getting um, you know to the point where we want to get with the cannabis industry.
2: Oh 100 that's I would say the the challenge of it all right now, you know, we have a product that our customers like. Um, it works very well, um, priced appropriately. We have stores interested in purchasing it that can't purchase it at the moment. Uh, you know, we're waiting for the provincial regulators to be able to kind of green light cultivation equipment in the cannabis stores right now. Um, so, so yeah, there's a lot of waiting. And even though the interest is there from from the provincial bodies, it's you know, they haven't quite got to the the point of making that decision and going, yes, we're going to allow this in. So there's been some waiting there. Uh, and then also, um, you know, I'd say on the frustration side would be more around the advertising marketing laws um, put out. So that's where our biggest challenge is. is how do you get the message out um, when basically you're restricted um, to not really be able to, to advertise <laughs> it's mm-hmm. where we're at? Uh, You you know, whether it's through, you know, Canadian means, um, we've got to be very careful with how, again, how the laws are written. Basically, can't make your product look attractive um, or even advertise in a lot of spaces. Um, uh, And then on the other flip side is social media, which is a different reason if, you know, ruins a U.S.-based company that that is operating those, you know, whether it's Facebook or Facebook companies facebook owns like instagram um you know you try to boost an ad on there right now and there's just no way they'll uh they'll block those right away so we kind of have our challenges on advertising and marketing and and it's it's felt across the industry for sure uh you definitely see that it um you know as you as you talk to people in the industry or go to different conferences it's probably the biggest challenge everybody's facing right now and hopefully uh (laughs) Hopefully we can get through and uh, and get that message through that, you know, we're going to have to change this, this, you know, as a whole, this industry is going to kind of go the way it should go.
1: Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, try getting advertisers on a Cannabis 101 podcast when they're not allowed to advertise. It's not the, uh, the easiest thing uh, at all. Uh, but we talked about before your, your stealth box is compliant across Canada with uh, each provincial regulations. Uh, also outside of Canada, that would have taken a lot of work too. Um, but uh, the the Stealth Box is available outside of Canada. There are certain things you're not allowed to ship, I understand?
2: Yeah, we uh, we can't ship the soils and nutrients. I mean, if we went through the right processes, we probably could ship them, but the reality is there is organic living soils and nutrient combos that we're working to source in the U.S. right now. Um, so our box being certified to go to the States, and we're now fully bonded, um, we can... We can definitely start shipping across. Actually, we just sent one up last week to our, uh, I guess, our first uh, U.S. grow <laughs> uh, customers in office down there in San Francisco, and uh, they've already started growing a clone in their box, which is kind of cool. Uh, and uh, yeah, so we look forward to uh, to now starting to, to ship out to the, the States. will be will be pretty cool. We also have our CE certification and process, which will get us, um, you know, and anything in in the Euro um, European Union, so um, including the UK. Um, so that'll be that'll be exciting when that one comes through. And it's it's basically the same standards that we just went through, so we don't anticipate any roadblocks with that. It's just going through the process right now.
1: Where can people, other than uh, your website, uh, which is uh, Stealth Dash Box? Uh, where can they uh, pick up uh, a stealth box? And, and obviously your website is where they can get a lot of the information. Uh, is that where they get it through you guys right now?
2: A hundred percent. That's definitely one option. If You can, you can call us up um, and have a chat as well. There might be a local uh, distributor in your town. Got um, about, about a dozen um, stores across the country that are carrying, um, carrying the stealth boxes. So you can see one in person if you'd like. Um, so that's an option. You can definitely buy it online through us. Uh, and there's uh, several online uh, retailers as well, which if you're Googling around, you'll probably find. Um, so, yeah, those are kind of the, the different options. I'd probably recommend calling us and we can get you set up with a store that's in your area. And then you can pick it up uh, directly there and speak to an expert in a, a growth store or nursery uh, that's in your town.
1: Good stuff. Uh, I I always like to, uh, and and we'll wrap with this, Brad, I really appreciate your time, but uh, the the cannabis industry, as we mentioned, is so new. Um, So I always like to find out what people did uh, before uh, the cannabis industry. So before you uh, became the COO of Stealthbox, what was your uh, occupation? What were you doing and what made you want to get into this?
2: (laughs) Great question. Uh, Actually, yeah, my background is uh, in action sports. So I've been uh, in the ski, bike, and surf industry for, I guess, around 10 plus years before this doing operational type stuff with them so um between retail stores and wholesale operations type stuff so it's kind of along those same lines as what i now do with stealth box just um just into a new new industry yeah it was definitely uh definitely a good opportunity to jump on and and get into this It's, it's definitely an exciting industry to be in at the moment
1: yeah, and growing, um, uh, pardon the pun, and, and hopefully a little bit faster as we go. Uh, Brad, thank you so much for joining me today on the Cannabis 101 podcast. Really appreciate your time, and uh, best of luck with Stealthbox. Right on. Thank you. Appreciate it.
0: What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News.
1: We dive into another segment of This Week in Cannabis News as we bring in David Wiley from OkanaganZ.com slash OZ. You can sign up and get their uh, weekly newsletter. It'll uh, be three times a week in October, but... uh, we all have to have a little uh, downtime in the summer. So, David, thank you Mitch very much for joining me today. I'm on holidays uh, after we record this, and then I'll be back for a couple of weeks. So, how are you on uh, this? What is a beautiful sunny day in Edmonton? What's the weather like where you are?
3: Oh, I'm doing great. We've got some heat, Finally. Nothing but rain out here, but uh, the sun is out, and perfect time for I think both of us to go on vacation.
1: Yes, I totally agree with that, and uh, perfect time uh, to pick up some cannabis if you're in the Kelowna area because the wait is over, and another store in the Okanagan Valley has popped up.
3: Uh, That's they're 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 coming like dominoes now. (laughs) Kelowna's got its uh, first retail store approval, and it's going to be through the retail chain Hobo. They made a little bit of uh, headlines when they opened up in Ottawa. There's some controversy, controversy over the name, where people were saying that uh, you know they were taking advantage of uh, of the name of marginalized people being called hobo. And an uh, interesting note about that is that Harrison, Harrison Stoker, the vice president of uh, brand and culture over at Donnelly Group, which owns uh, the hobo brand, says that it's actually about the verb to hobo. So some of us who are a little bit more bohemian may remember reading books like Jack Kerouac's On the Road. And that's really what this store is trying to encompass. You see pictures of them, they've got you know colorful rugs hanging, they've got wood finishes and big plants. So the, the spirit that they're trying to encompass is the, the, really the free spirit of cannabis. So we're looking forward to Hobo opening up in Kelowna. It's been a nine month wait out here for our first retail store. Uh, we have stores now that are two stores open in Vernon, a store that's opening up this weekend in Lake Country, and now it's really the South Okanagan, I think, where attention's going to start to turn, where, again, you have the folks who are down in Penticton, for anyone who's been through there uh, all over, it's wine country. You can go to a winery at every stone throw, but no cannabis stores yet, so we're definitely looking forward to that changing.
1: Yeah, that's good news for uh, cannabis enthusiasts and uh, other people that are also hoping to open their uh, retail spots. It's good news for them that uh, these shops are opening. And uh, it's good news uh, in the United States if you want to see legalization of marijuana. Because a poll, which was funded by NPR and PBS NewsHour, has found that marijuana legalization... It's pretty popular in the United States right now.
3: I love this poll. You know, we we know what's top of mind for Americans. It's weed. Basically, they've found through this that uh, legalization is more popular at the moment than a national $15 minimum wage, banning semi-automatic assault guns, free college tuition, and a $1,000 universal basic income. So people really want to see legal cannabis across the U.S., so 63% of respondents to this poll said that legalizing cannabis is a good idea, and that's compared to 32% who expressed their opposition. And I think that what we're seeing here, at least in part, is a little bit of FOMO. People have that fear of missing out. Non-legal states are finding themselves really on the outside looking in. The states that have been legal for years now are enjoying an influx in tax money. They're seeing entrepreneurial booms. They're seeing tourism pick up. More personal freedom, really. And we know how much Americans love their personal freedom. And don't take away their guns and they want their weed. You know, that's it's not the only thing that's on our neighbors' minds, too. There were actually several things that ranked as more important, and that includes requiring background checks on firearm purchases, allowing people to opt into medic- Medicare, uh, government regulation, prescription drug prices, creating, and you, heartwarming for me, creating a pathway for immigrants in the U.S. where they're illegally to become citizens. So this, this kind of social-mindedness, of course, that comes right along with cannabis legalization is something that we're seeing in the U.S., and good on them. After after all these years of Trump, it's nice to see Americans waking up to the fact that healthcare and cannabis and all those good things that are happening here in Canada are, are things that they should have down there as well.
1: Well, and it's going to be so interesting for the 2020 election we saw what legalization of cannabis did in an election in canada like you can't tell me that didn't have a major impact in um you know the 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 parties that were demonizing cannabis did not win and the liberals who said they would legalize it are now in power and that's why every almost every 2020 Democrat presidential candidate supports legalization and I love the the uh poll where they say uh, the, the the percentage is 74 percent of Democrats 41 percent of Republicans and 66 percent of independent voters said they think legalization is a good idea 41 percent of Republicans thinking it's a good idea that's a lot. <laughs>
3: In the, in the words of a fairly famous president, legalization is going to be huge.
1: <laughs> no doubt. But it, it's the it's the sign of the times, and, and you know it's going to play a big factor in that election. 100%. All right, let's move on to, um, we were both uh, talking about vacations at the uh, start of this segment. Well, um, Airbnb, cannabis-friendly places uh, could be expanding to Edmonton, which is uh, great news for me, um, but they're they're in uh, Calgary, Montreal, Vancouver, Toronto, and now soon to be in Edmonton. And this is a sign of uh, more of the cannabis industry growing.
3: It sure is, and people sometimes overlook Edmonton as a great tourism destination. And the the slogan for Edmonton, if I'm not mistaken, correct me on this one, used to be "Gateway to the North."
1: That's correct. Yeah, just
3: seems to encourage people to actually go right through Edmonton and really miss a great stop along the way. It's, a, it's an excellent festival town. There's lots to do out there. You know, vacations, really, they should be a time of relaxation, uh, an opportunity to take part in our favorite activities without the everyday worries that we usually have. Problem is, when one of those activities involves cannabis, finding a place to stay that's friendly toward it is not easy And we couple this with the fact that cannabis tourism is a legitimate and very much growing sector. I know this from living in wine tourism country, that weed-friendly accommodations are going to become, uh, well, they already are really, a competitive space. This pot rentals uh, business, which is Canadian, so always worthy of looking at Canadian companies first, in my opinion, uh, it's not the first company in the space. There is actually another one called Bud and Breakfast, They've been around for a while and they actually have places uh, all over the world that are 420 friendly and we're, we're seeing this really pick up Airbnb uh, also has a 420 friendly section so people are people are looking for these places people are looking for a friendly place to go and those who are offering a friendly place to stay for us 420 friendly folks they're they're really competing in a changing space so, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens here. Some of the places, if you look online, it's definitely worth going and taking a look at some of the places that are available on pot rentals. Take a look at some of the places that are available on butt and breakfast. They're really cool. You know, they're tree houses or there are places out in the woods, whatnot. There's posh condos in Toronto. It's just really, again, in one, one place, you can actually rent out a whole big old red barn where you can have a big 420 friendly event and
1: uh, that, that sounds like a lot of fun to me i i am on board with that uh, i mean you know like what pre legalization um it was a uh, very you know you, you, well you can't be you, you can't smoke in hotels anymore you can't do anything mm-hmm. and there's no sign that says you can smoke uh you can't smoke but you can vape and things like that so uh you know for me when i'm planning a, a trip and i'm like okay I'm going to give my money to the business that is 420 friendly because I'm a 420. I'm a, a cannabis fan, so I think you're exactly right. It's uh, it's growing, and bud and breakfast is is something that I aspire to do at some point. I'd love to uh, one day open a 420 friendly bed and breakfast and and provide uh information or some some sort of tours of different attractions in Edmonton. I, I think uh the more people and especially when we get to season 2 where edibles come online and people that don't want to smoke and really participate, I think we're going to see um the cannabis entertainment industry really explode with uh places to stay like what we what we've talked about. I think I think that's going to be one business that that's going to take a few giant steps forward in the next year or two.
3: The cannabis community is a really friendly community, too. One thing one thing about us is that we're very supportive of
1: each other. Well, for sure. And we should be, right? Uh, we're all pulling on the same rope right now to get the industry where it needs to go. And how about uh, this wonderful story? And this is a story for everybody that said pot makes you stupid, isn't it? Sure is.
3: Yeah, the sun pothead is a dirty word. You know, It's not with stereotypes like lazy or slovenly and stupid. Uh, there's a 20, 2012 study that actually fueled those perceptions claiming that cannabis use lowered IQ. You probably heard about it mm-hmm. and journalists, of course, loving a negative story with easy headlines. They jumped on this one, like chickens on a big fat juicy bug. And the lead researcher, her name is Madeline Meyer, uh, came out saying that basically this study that she'd done shows that uh, there's long-term uh, irrevocable consequences to your iq for those who, who who uh partake in cannabis well she's now saying mea culpa oops sorry uh, well there were two rebuttals published alongside her study at the time you can of course guess which one got the most play in major publications including yep. time magazine and uh apparently this whole mess resulted in a bit of a prolonged behind the scenes fat it was meyer now saying that she may have made a mistake she's revisited the research And this time, she's actually found that cannabis use for up to twenty years is only associated with periodontal disease. No other physical health problems uh, detectable in early midlife. And when it comes to studies like these, there are a dime a dozen. It feels like research has really been a hasn't had a great place in cannabis. It's come with all kinds of challenges to researchers. Even now we're hearing that there are challenges for researchers that, that want to do cannabis research. There are so many bureaucratic hoops that need to be jumped through in order to, to study cannabis in any way. As far as I'm concerned here, the moral of the story is that the research is still spotty. And when we're looking at these studies, we need to look at them in the context of the whole. Uh, there's going to be a lot more research done over the years, and we're already seeing a lot of positives when it comes to cannabis. And you know, being, being a journalist myself, I'm interested in not just the positives. I'm also interested in, in some of the, the, the negatives that could come out with cannabis use. Nothing, unfortunately, in this world is without its downsides. And I don't like to go into things blindly. So as research really gets ramped up and we start to to learn about cannabis in whole new ways, I welcome all of the studies. And I, I just really, really implore people to look at this research in context of all the other research that's done in as a whole,
1: I think we just all want the truth, right? Like whether it's positive or negative, we just want to know what we're doing or or how to do it properly or how it can help us properly. But there are um, you know hundreds of uh, of, of studies that uh, have proven medicinal benefits with cannabis. And listen, I I worked at uh, Global Television for years and. Um, every news organization does this, uh, and I'll use the, I use the red wine uh, as an example. We would run a story that says red wine is good for you. You should do this, 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 this study has found red wine is good for you. And then like three weeks later or a month later, we may be like, Be careful with your red wine. This study has found this, this, this. And it's like, you're right. And every news organization does this. You jump on these studies and you, because they've got a, you know, they're red wine. That's very popular with people. It's attractive. It brings in viewers. So I know exactly what you're talking about. And like I said, there are, there are going to be more, uh, hopefully, uh, there's there's not as many roadblocks, but there's going to be more studies coming out about the cannabis plant. And I think all any uh, cannabis enthusiast wants to know is the truth, good or bad.
3: Absolutely. I could cherry pick my research. I could smoke weed every day, eat nothing but dark chocolate and drink nothing but red wine. And I'd be the healthiest guy in the whole world. <laughs>
1: 100%. All right, David, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, enjoy uh, the vacation. I'm going to enjoy mine. And once again, you can head to okanaganz.com/slash OZ and sign up for the email newsletter. Enjoy the sun, David. We'll talk to you in August. You too. Always good to chat, Dean.
2: You got to join? Uh,
3: no, not on me, man. <laughs> It'd
0: be a lot cooler if you did. Time now for cannabis characters. Dopest
1: dope I've ever smoked.
0: Celebrating the best from fictional 420 film.
1: Hey, I am your stoner.
0: <laughs> and beyond.
1: Dead the blue. Let me go with that, man. Uh, yeah. Is it heavy stuff, man? <laughs> Today on Cannabis Characters, we are looking at uh, Brian Johnson, Anthony Michael Hall from The Breakfast Club, who is in the Cannabis Character Cup. I believe he won his uh, opening round matchup. Um, You can uh, check out all the details of uh, the uh, Cannabis Character Cup at uh, deanmillard.ca, and then just click on uh, the contest section. Uh, Yeah, Brian Johnson, who came in as the 33rd seed uh, took out the 32nd seed, Dewey Cox, played by John C. Riley. It's a close one, 53 to 43 uh, percent. Anthony Michael Hall and his uh, Brian Johnson character. The reward for winning, they get to take on the number one seed in the next round. That would be Tommy Chong, the man uh, from Up in Smoke. So uh, that's the uh, Cannabis Character Cup, but we're talking specifically about the character Brian Johnson, played by Anthony Michael Hall in The Breakfast Club. The movie came out in 1985. It's uh, at a school on a Saturday. Five students have to sit in the library as basically punishment uh, for things that they did in the school. And one of the detentionees is John Bender, played by Judd Nelson. And he gives another student, Brian Johnson, Anthony Michael Hall, some weed to hold. Once uh, Principal Werner leaves, he asks for his herbage back.
4: So Ahab, can I my doobage? Yo, Wastoid, you're not going to blaze up in
0: here.
1: Bender heads off to smoke, and one by one, they follow him to smoke up. Claire, Molly Ringwald, uh, then Brian, then Andrew, Emilio Estevez, who said, Wastoid, you're not smoking up in here. He goes back to it. Uh, The only one, Allison, played by Ally Sheedy. Uh, She's the recluse. Uh, She does not decide to join them, and... uh, then it it goes off to a scene where uh, Brian Johnson, Anthony Michael Hall, has uh, sunglasses on and he is uh, clearly stoned. <laughs> Chicks cannot hold this smoke. That's what it is. Brian then falls over a chair uh, that uh, Claire then launches into a. Uh, diatribe about her popularity. And Emilio Estevez does a dance routine, uh, proving pot can even make detention fun. And uh, that is uh, Brian Johnson, Anthony Michael Hall, The Breakfast Club, 1985, another great cannabis character.
0: What's that strain? Let's find out with Chris Ionson, Nova Cannabis store manager and educator.
1: have reached the ninth episode and that means nine different times counting tonight. I've had the pleasure of hanging out with Chris Ionson, the manager of Nova Cannabis just off white. Chris, thanks as always for coming out to St. Albert.
4: Thanks for having me, Dean. It's great to be
1: here, bud. All right. So uh, we've done uh, a lot of them and uh, this is, uh, well, we've done, uh, you know, 10 of them, but we've done a number of different strains and today we're doing a Helios, a Sativa, and it's from uh, Hexocorp, and, and And you're pretty excited about this. Uh, I've had this before, or um, when, when I when I I haven't had this, but I picked this up uh, today. And when I picked it up, you were pretty excited for me to try this tonight.
4: Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's a very tasty, nice, uplifting uh, Sativa. It actually, you know, recently won some awards too. Uh, super pumped about it. And this is actually uh, the first Hexo product that I've tried and very impressed so far. Excited to try.
1: As am I. So let's talk about uh, Hexo Corp, uh, who are located in Quebec.
4: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Hexo Corp, their head office is uh, at Gatineau, Quebec. Um, just this year, they've built a million square foot facility, uh, production facility to grow cannabis. Uh, they've also got uh, a production facility in uh, maison Angers in Quebec. And so... Um, they they were founded in 2013 under the name Hydropothecary and it was a, originally a medicinal uh, cannabis company. Um, and then with legalization, uh, Hexo Corp was formed, and uh, for the rec market stuff. And so they still got Hydropothecary as as their medicinal side, um, but Hexo has become uh, their rec market, and actually just came into Alberta uh, just this week, so it's pretty new. Um, but it's been in the other markets uh, across Canada. And uh, cool thing about Hexo too, they actually have a couple other companies that you you've heard of here. Uh, they just acquired uh, Up Cannabis this year. That was a, a pretty big acquisition.
1: That was a massive acquisition, and and people would maybe be familiar with that because um, there's a connection to the tragically Hit.
4: Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, and actually they play music to all their plants too. Uh, they they boast about that, and it's it's a great thing. I feel like that's important. They also lollipop all their plants too, which. Um, you know, reduces, uh, the quantity you're going to get from your plants, but, uh, elevates the quanti- uh, quality. Uh, so it's okay. nice.
1: They also have a, uh, interesting, uh, uh, another company under their umbrella, Trust Beverages. Uh, tell us a little bit about that.
4: For sure. Uh, Trust Beverages, uh, a partnership with, uh, HexoCore and Mol- Molson Coors, uh, who've been, you know, bottling beverages for, for years and years very successfully. Um, so they've partnered up to make some, uh, you know, cannabis infused beverages, uh, some CBD beverages, some balanced ones, uh, granted in the rec market in Alberta, I think it's looking like it's going to, we're going to have a 10 milligram max per, per beverage. Uh, but still really exciting to, uh, to see kind of all the new stuff coming.
1: Yeah. That's for season two. There's going to be a ton of stuff and I'm looking forward to trust beverages. And, and one more thing that these guys offer, which I think is pretty cool is a powder of, uh, it's decarbed powder.
4: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, on the Hexo product line, they have a decarbed powder and you can get uh, high THC, you can get high CBD, or you can get a balance kind of one-to-one and, uh, it's already decarbed, uh, cannabinoids and it's it's ready to go so you can just put in your uh, food your beverages you can put it into capsules and make your own capsules and kind of decide your own strength uh pretty neat product uh, i haven't seen anyone else doing that yet
1: yeah that's really cool because normally you you take your marijuana and you decarbolize it and then you make it with whatever you know we have a magic butter machine or whatever kind of apparatus you want to use. So that's really cool that they offer that right now. Uh, let's talk a little history of uh, Helios, uh, because this comes from um, a, a very popular strain uh, that uh, I always thought wasn't real, and that's Maui Waui. I thought that was just a made-up <laughs> name from a Chicha Chong movie. Yeah,
4: for sure. Uh, yeah. So the lineage on Helios uh, is actually Ma- Maui Waui, uh, a variant of Maui Waui, and it's crossed with Snow Leopard. Um, So two really cool, uh, interesting strains. Uh, The Maui Waui is uh, uh, from Hawaii, uh, and it's known for its super fruity smell and taste to it. Uh, It's known for its high-energy, euphoric effects, and it's kind of an ideal strain for uh, being active, doing activities, getting creative. Um, And then the snow leopard, uh, we've got a mix of uh, tiger melon and snow lotus, and that kind of makes up snow leopard. And that's a, uh, a real heavy indica, kind of a glue, glue you to the couch indica. So um, two really interesting crosses create uh, the
1: helios. So some potential couch lock uh, with uh, the uh, uh, snow leopard in there, uh, but uh, crossed with the uh, little bit from the Maui Wowie. And this is, as you mentioned off the top, an award-winning uh, sativa.
4: Yeah, that's right. In 2019, it won Sativa of the Year. So just recently uh, at the O Cannabis Awards. So pretty prestigious uh, award there. So uh, good on them uh, for for getting that.
1: No kidding. When you can say we have the best Sativa this year, uh, obviously helps with marketing, uh, as as much marketing as they're allowed to do. Um, What about THC and CBD on the batch I picked up today?
4: Yeah, the batch we've got here, uh, THC, it's 14.14% THC. So that's kind of a mid-range there. Uh, And CBD is less than uh, a percent. Okay, so
1: this is probably good for uh, somebody that, uh, you know, has either, um, you know, maybe it's like a step-up strain, right? They've started with cannabis. Uh, with something a little bit lighter and, and nice to handle. And now they're ready to try something with a little bit more THC. This would be a good stepping stone strain.
4: Yeah. I think it's uh you nailed it there. I think it's kind of an intermediate uh, it's the next step up from, from the beginner strains for sure.
1: One of my favorite things about this segment is we find out some neat things about why things are named. So when we talk about what's in a name uh, with Helios, uh, there's a pretty cool backstory to it.
4: Yeah, Helios uh, is uh, it's named after like the Greek mythology. So the the sun god Helios uh, every day would drive his chariot uh, from the east to the west side of the sky. And it's kind of like a personification of the sun.
1: I like that. I I, uh, will enjoy that as I uh, drift into my uh, euphoria tonight with uh, Helios. Uh, The packaging uh, when I looked at it is, uh, you know, nothing Out of the ordinary, typical plastic tub, Uh, you can recycle it. Obviously, all the uh, information on there, uh, the uh, HEXO logo uh, does come with a box. Um, Maybe you don't need the box uh, if they're sending it out, but it does come with a box, and maybe that's uh, uh, for more information. I'm not really sure. But uh, typical uh, recycling, I should mention you guys, Uh, For the uh, non-plastic tubs or bins that they come in, you guys accept those in your stores.
4: Yeah, we do. We've got uh, a bin at the front of all of our stores for recycling cannabis packaging.
1: All right. And you can recycle this one uh, on your own. It's uh, plastic. So no big deal with that one. Uh, Terpenes, rather. Uh, We're talking. I jumped ahead because I'm excited about the terpenes. But uh, (laughs) there's, there's a few that we've been familiar with uh in the helio uh
4: three three big ones that we've we've talked about uh, quite a few times so the first one is mercine, and that's kind of the uh smell and taste of cloves uh, it's also associated with mangoes uh, caryophylline, i know that's one of your favorites uh, that's that peppery kind of spicy taste uh, and the third is pining uh, and you'll notice kind of hints of, of pine very woodsy uh, so those three main ones uh kind of are going to collaborate to kind of get you that desired effect.
1: Karyophyllene is uh, one of my best friends, uh, <laughs> we've really become close. Uh, just for uh, people that might be new, uh, quickly uh, tell them what, uh, what we're talking about when we talk about terpenes.
4: For sure. Uh, terpenes are the aromatic oils that secrete from the cannabis glands. Uh, so it'll make your bud uh, smell and taste a certain way. And there's, there's all kinds of varieties uh, from berries to sweet to sour. Uh, to earthy, to piney, you know, like hundreds, hundreds of terpenes within, you know, all plants uh, and cannabis. Uh, with those terpenes though, um, you know, you're going to notice the, the smell and the taste, but there are some kind of associated effects with, with certain terpenes that, you know, currently um, companies are doing cl- clinical testing and kind of looking into um, getting in more information about those effects. Um, yeah. How does it taste?
1: It tastes really nice. I, I like the, uh, the spice hints. They just hit me every time on the exhale. So (laughs) I, I I really do. Uh, I, I love that, um, that, that exhale where maybe you're, um, you think it's coming and then it hits you. It's like, ah, it's just such a great taste and a great uh, way to, uh, enjoy your cannabis. And, and we looked at this before we uh, started doing this segment too. It's, it's a beautiful looking, uh, buds.
4: Yeah, very much so. Caked in crystals, really nice, uh, nice fluff, good dense uh, buds, and uh, the the one thing that I I noticed when I tried it out uh, it was how smooth it was. Um, yeah. Oh boy, it's one it's one of the smoothest uh, rec market cannabis strains I've tried so far. Yeah. Like we, we got excited when we were we were testing it out.
1: Well, I barely even uh, noticed it. Like I'm using the hexagon from burnt, which really makes uh, uh, your hit smooth. But with this one, it was no problem at all. Like it was like uh, you know you could smoke this out of a, a harsh pipe. And I think you'd still get uh, a good, smooth pull off of it.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Very noticeable. Yeah. That was uh, awesome when we were testing it out.
1: Yeah. I, I think everybody, especially for people that, uh, you know, don't like to smoke, this is a uh, pretty smooth as far as smoking goes. And, uh, you know, I imagine what it would be if you were. Uh, vaping it as well. So a desired effect. Um, What have you found? What should I expect uh, later on?
4: Yeah, for sure. I think uh, the two kind of main, main words for describing the effects are are relaxed and happy. Um, It's pretty, pretty chill. Um, I found online, I kind of came across someone's write-up on it and I thought it was pretty, pretty clever and nicely worded. Uh, So it says Helios will drift you to a blissful island of your own filled with imagination and motivation. Active tendencies may arise. So, um, real good for, you know, being active. Uh, I think it's like a nice, like Horlack Park kind of strain where it's a sunny like day. That, yeah. Uh, you're going to go, you know, hang out, uh, take the dog for a walk, uh, throw a football around. Uh, it's a great strain for that.
1: Okay. So mentioned, um, uh, the spiciness, the smoothness, uh, also, um, it's, it's, um, Maui wowie. Uh, and there's a little bit of uh fruity taste to it as well. There's a I, I get the spice a little bit more than the fruity, but I do taste a little bit of fruity taste there.
4: Yeah, for sure. You'll. I think the three kind of main fruity tastes you're going to notice are, are pineapple, uh, nectars, and melons. Those are kind of the three real uh, associated fruits with with the uh, the Helio strain.
1: All right. So I did definitely uh, get that uh, as well as the uh, that spice hit at the end from Caryophyllene, and um, you know, pinene is a very common one as well in that smell. Um, I, I'm really enjoying diving into the terpenes and you know what makes the plant tick so to speak right like the the why's of getting into why instead of just saying oh i smell this i wonder what it is you can actually find out so that's a lot of fun we do this uh, you guys are having some fun at nova cannabis as well you guys are uh, putting together which i think is really important which is one of the reasons i started this show uh, to educate people about the cannabis use and and to provide some entertainment as well uh, tell us about the educational sessions you guys have going
4: yeah, we, we just started this this Thursday, actually. So every Thursday uh, between 6 and 7 p.m. at all of our Nova cannabis locations, uh, we're now doing a kind of a customer cannabis education sessions where um, one of our staff members is going to present uh, a different topic every week uh, for an hour and uh, we encourage people to come down and check it out, but you don't have to stick around for the full hour. I mean, it's not a full hour long, but, uh, our people have some interesting stuff to kind of go over and educate. And if you have any questions, you can, uh, bring them up to our staff. And if, you know, if they can't answer it right there on the spot, they'll look into it and get back to you. Um, I think it's pretty cool. And, and a big thing about the Nova cannabis stores and our staff is, um, like we take pride in, in our staff's knowledge and passion for cannabis. Like, um, especially at my, my off white location there. Um, everybody there very passionate we all get excited about new strains and and checking stuff out and uh, so it's uh, you know it makes us happy to kind of educate and uh, and teach people you know that uh, maybe don't have all the knowledge they can about cannabis so we love to share it
1: yeah you, you pay it forward uh, what you learn to to make somebody else's journey uh, whether it's their first journey into cannabis or a boomerang customer as we've talked about somebody that maybe smoked it when they were younger and now they're retired and they want to try it again, or, uh, you know, somebody just looking for, uh, you know, something new and, or different. I think there's a lot to learn. I'm learning something about this plant every single episode I do. So I think that's, uh, I think it's wonderful. And, you know, it might give somebody uh, an insight saying, you know, how, look how much fun they're having with this job. I want to get into this industry. You know, it's this industry has opened up a whole whack of new jobs. That, uh, you know, people can, and, you know, with a lot of passion, like you mentioned, uh, carve out a really nice career.
4: Yeah, for sure. I don't think, uh, you know, years and years ago when I was smoking cannabis, you know, a, Young adult, uh, my parents were too excited about that and, and uh, you know, years later, here we are. It's it's landed me a, a career in, uh, in an industry that I'm passionate about and I, I love what I do, you know.
1: All right, so Thursdays, uh, 6 to... 6 to 7, 7 p.m.
4: Is, is, yeah, well, we got slotted for it and actually, uh, everyone that does attend, uh, there's, we usually give a, like, a, a little gift. Uh, just this past week, we had a nice, a nice little coupon um, for people to come back and see us. So uh, right. it is worth your time to check out and, uh, you know, and if you've got any questions, Come down and, and ask us, and we'd love to answer.
1: Perfect. When I get back from uh, Manitoba, I will, uh, I'm will i going to come check out one of the information sessions and see what else I can learn. So, okay, that was Helios uh, Sativa from HexoCorp today. Uh, had a lot of fun with this one. No show next week. We have uh, the week off because I'm going to Manitoba, so we'll talk to you again in August. Okay, sounds good, Dean.
0: Time now for tools of the trade, Is Is this
1: this a a dream? Dream?
0: the latest and greatest in cannabis accessories.
1: Today we're talking about rolling papers and what you use. Um, there's a lot of different kinds out there. Well, not I guess not a lot, but a few different kinds. Uh, I was like a lot of people, I would grab zigzags, uh, and then I got into a little bit more uh, hemp papers that we'll get into um, and I I don't roll very well at all. Actually, that's a that's a terrible understatement. I I might be the worst roller of all time. I suck at rolling, and I'm not patient enough, unfortunately, to sit down and learn and and figure it out. Because every time I try to do it by myself, I get frustrated, and I just want to smoke a good joint when I want to do that. So I actually bought the Banana Bros. It's a milling and rolling machine all in one. It rolls great cones, and I really love it. So. I have uh, you know, investigated and tried a few different papers over the time, though, and uh, we'll discuss those here. If you're uh, just getting into cannabis, um, I will tell you which one I would recommend. Uh, of course, there's wood pulp papers, which is everybody kind of knows what that is. It's the most common. You can get them bleached, um, which adds chemicals into it, or unbleached, and those burn at uh they're, they're fairly average um like there's nothing uh, they're not super fast as long as you roll it properly and uh not crazy crazy slow as well there's rice papers this is just pressed rice and it's clear uh, you can pretty much see through it really good for your lungs not very easy to roll with even friends that i have that are experienced rollers say it's uh, tough to roll with now some might disagree and you just have to say you're if you're good at rolling you can roll anything it burns very slowly so these are good. I didn't enjoy these. Um, I've, I used to have like a different kind of rolling machine. Um, these were just, to me, too thin. I'm was was I was, i not a big fan of rice papers, even though it's obviously very healthy for you. Uh, there's hemp papers. These are the tree's best friends because you don't need to take it down a forest. It's made from hemp fiber. It's thicker. Uh, Burns at a uh, medium rate. Usually find these brown. This is my recommendation. This is what I think you should, uh, if you're just getting into cannabis and you want to start rolling joints, I think it's easier to roll with. And I also think it's healthy. And hemp is uh, the hero we need. It's a super crop. So I think more hemp uh, paper should be great. Uh, There's novelties and uh, flavored papers. I've never tried them and uh, I don't intend to. I, I don't need strawberry tasting uh, papers to make my weed more enjoyable. Uh, and then there's blunt papers. Uh, this is basically, it, it, it's a joint, but wrapped in tobacco paper. Uh, if you're experienced uh, with cannabis, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, if you're not, um, we used to take a cigar and cut it, empty out all the tobacco, and then I would uh, we would roll a joint. Somebody would, much better than me, would roll a joint. But now you can actually buy blunt papers. Uh, from uh, different uh, whether it's a tobacco shop or a head shop or uh, anywhere you can actually uh, I think the dispensaries uh, or uh, retail shops have them I'm not 100% sure but you can buy blunt papers if you want to get that you know tobacco kind of that cigar rather kind of look to uh, your joint so uh, something to uh, look for if you're Uh, Just getting new to cannabis, or even if you're new to cannabis but you've never smoked joints and and you want to, um, a few different options of in tools of the trade of different kind of papers that you can roll with. Bud, dope, flower, ganja, Mary Jane.
0: We all have our own language when it comes to cannabis.
1: Herb, John Lennon, plant, tie stick, salad.
0: So let's explore another. Weed Word of the Day.
1: Samuel L. The Hobbit's Leaf, Lady Gaga 420. All right, so in Weed Word of the Day, we are talking about wee uh, words when it comes to people who consume and uh, the different things. Of course, you know, the the probably the most famous one is pothead. You're a pothead. Uh, that goes around. Stoner, things like that. Uh, But here's a few that you may not know, Um, and if you do have uh, other ones that you guys use uh, to describe you or your friends in your group, uh, shoot me a a tweet at thecannabis101, at thecannabis101. And uh, cannabisur is a name that is out there. Um, It's like a connoisseur, but you're funnier because you uh, smoke weed. And you probably have to know a lot about weed to be called a cannabis sewer. So this is for like the heavy duty, uh, you know, I got a couple of friends that uh, qualify in that category. Uh, One of them, I would say, uh, joins us on this show regularly, Chris Ionson, uh, for What's That Strain? I would consider him a cannabis sewer. Herbalist is a lover of all plants. Um, And uh, we, we, I think uh, there's a few guys that I know that would go into that category, Space Cowboy, uh, pretty self-explanatory space cowboy. You want to get to as high as possible and, uh, ride that wave like a cowboy, I guess. Uh, Rasta man, uh, goes, uh, along with the culture. Ganjapreneur, uh, somebody with a little side hustle, making money from the plant. This is funny. The puffer. And you know what? We all know this person in, in our group. I have a guy, uh, that I'm not friends with anymore, but, uh, when we grew up, this was him. The puffer is the guy who smokes, but rarely if ever inhales bill Clinton. Remember he's like, I smoked, but I didn't inhale. We had a guy that would do that in our group. He would, uh, it was basically just a waste of weed when you gave it to him. Cause he was never going to inhale. So the puffer doper, uh, that one's, uh, uh, been used out there, and it makes me laugh because my father-in-law used it one time, and it made me laugh a lot. He's, he's saying something about being a doper, and I just thought, oh, that is so, so classic. Um, classic Bill, has leaky tarps, but comes up with some uh, pretty fun one-liners every once in a while. His Royal Highness, uh, this is only for a person who really dives into uh, cannabis. Mead, or weed mower, rather, a weed mower. The one person who mows through their cannabis, yeah, this, this was definitely me at one point before I learned to, uh, you know, dial back my consumption a little bit, and, um, you know, you get to a point where uh, you're not getting anything from the plant. You you have to take a look at uh, how much you're smoking, uh, Bob or Marley, and those names obviously are self-explanatory. Uh, you know, if you're a Bob, uh, you're a Marley. I'd love to be called a Marley at some point, but. Uh, I don't need have nearly as much uh, experience to uh, have that nickname bestowed on me, and that is going to wrap things up for a, another program here on the Cannabis One Hundred One Podcast. Uh, really like to thank Brad Simon, the COO of Stealth Box. Check it out at stealth-box.com, and uh, really turnkey operation when it comes to growing your four plants per household that you are allowed to grow. So. Check that out. Uh, thanks to Brad, of course, David Wiley from uh, OkanaganZ.com slash OZ joins us for this week in Cannabis News. And our educator, Chris Ionson, the manager of the Nova Cannabis Off-White shop in Edmonton. And uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful strain today. Helios from Hexocorp we did in What's That Strain. We will not have a show a week from now. I'm heading out as soon as I stop recording onto a road trip back to Manitoba. Uh, So the next time we will chat with you is in August. Enjoy the sunshine wherever you are. Enjoy summer. Enjoy your cannabis responsibly. And remember, it's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy.
0: The Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond.